morning, church. Good to see you out the third Sunday of November, and we are excited. We're continuing in our series, Living in the Light of Christ's Return. And uh, if you have missed the last couple of Sundays, you can uh, go to our website, catch the, the podcast or the, uh, the video. In the last couple of weeks, we looked at the rapture uh, on November 5th. Uh, we looked at heaven, anticipating our forever home last Sunday. This morning, we're going to be looking at signs of the times. Are we to be fearful or faithful? What is it that God is calling the church to do? What are we, we, what, how are we supposed to live in these last days? Next Sunday, uh, we'll be wrapping up the series, looking at the future, the church looking forward. And I, I'm excited. It's an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to be a part of the church and be a part of what God is doing. A couple of Sundays ago, I mentioned a picture I remember seeing as a kid. I don't know if it's going to pop up on the screen or not. Right here, a picture of the rapture I remember seeing. Anybody see this? You've seen this picture prior to today, all right? Just a handful of you. I think it was from 1972. I remember walking into a, a lady's house one day and seeing this on the wall. And uh, it was a little bit terrifying, I'll be honest. As a, as a young kid, Martha, you grew up in church. Dad's a pastor. Uh, there was a certain just, you hear sermons like this, you hear about the rapture. But then seeing the vivid uh, depiction of, of people coming out of the graves, people, uh, airplanes crashing into buildings. Uh, you can only imagine what that day is going to be like. But folks, for the child of God, this is not a time to be afraid. It's really a time to be more excited than ever that Jesus is coming soon and he's going to return. And uh, we ought to anticipate the rapture of the church and what that's going to look like. How many of you, I wonder today, if you have a, uh, a smartphone, pull it out real quick. I want you to find the weather app really quick. We're not doing a weather lesson, but find the weather app. I want to know what the weather is going to be like on Thanksgiving Day. All right, so look it up. Let's figure out what it's going to be like on Turkey Day. There's a, there's a big parade that morning. Uh, there is uh, football games. Uh, there's a lot of turkey involved, uh, most likely. And uh, so what's the weather on Thanksgiving Day? Anybody? 58. All right, 58. Sunny. Oh, mine it says sunny, partly cloudy, 58 degrees. All right, we'll take it. All right, uh, all day long and uh, twice on Sunday, we'll take it. So, all right, so you, you look at the app. Why do you look at the weather app? Anybody, somebody just call it out. You want to know what to wear. All right, we want to know how to dress. And I'll be honest, in North Carolina, you know, if you're new to the state, all right, welcome to North Kakalaki. We are, we like to experience all four seasons. That's why people move here. Uh, and, and so it's not like Florida. The, raise your hand if you moved here from Florida. Florida has uh, two seasons, hot and hotter, right? Uh, and so when you move to North Carolina, you come here because you want four seasons. And we want spring, we want summer, we want fall. We, I love fall, favorite season. And then we like winter. Why? Because we know this too shall pass. All right. We don't live in Michigan. We don't want uh, the lake effect snow that you get up there in New York and all those areas where it snows, uh, snow is piling up uh, taller than the roof. Uh, and, and some of you are shaking your heads because you know what I'm talking about. I've never experienced it. I want to see that one time. Uh, my roommate in college lives in Canada. It's a missionary up there and he's invited me to come. We've been in the summer, right? It's a beautiful place in the summer. All the lakes and the trees and, and we went out on a boat and all of these things. We hiked in the mountains up there, but I would like to go one time and see the snow, all right? And I want to see all of that, but as we look at North Carolina, we have four seasons. Sometimes it's in the same week. 
Sometimes it's in the same day. You wake up and you look at that app and it's like 42 degrees. You put on your, your winter coat. You put on the toboggan or the hat or whatever you call that thing. You put on your head and you go out the door. And then you, uh, uh, by lunchtime, I mean, you're getting hot. You're shedding the jackets. And by 3 o'clock, you're wearing shorts and flip-flops. And then, of course, by evening, it's cold again. You've got a fire in the fireplace. And we have all four seasons, sometimes the same week, sometimes the same day. If you don't like the weather, hang on. It's going to change. That's why we're all getting sick, but uh, that's part of life. But we want to know what the weather is going to be like. We want to see what's going to happen the next day. I believe the average Christian also is interested in knowing what does it look like when Jesus is getting ready to return. Anyone else have that? those thoughts? Maybe over the last year, you've been watching things that are happening. Maybe over the last several years, you've been saying, man, there are a lot of things happening in the news. There's a lot of things, and it sounds like the end times. Could we possibly be living in the last days? I'm not one of those fear and, and, and doom and gloom preachers that is scaring everyone half to death, and I, I'm not one of those type of preachers, but I remember hearing sermons as a kid on the end times. I remember hearing Sunday school lessons about what is it that, what are the signs that Jesus' return is near? What should we be looking for? Let's look at the scriptures in this morning. Let's see what the Bible says, because the Bible says one day the Lord will return in the clouds to take his bride, his church home. This is called the second coming. And we're going to look at several verses in Matthew, but I want to start with Matthew chapter 16. This is what look forward to as a follower of Jesus. He says, Matthew 16, 1, and the Pharisees and Sadducees came. To test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them saying, when it's evening, you say it will be fair weather. The sky is red. They pull out their phones. He's saying, you pull out your phones, you look at the weather app. You want to see what today or tomorrow is going to look like. You want to see what you're supposed to wear. If you're supposed to have the umbrella, do you need your snow boots? I mean, we answered them, when it's evening, you said it will be fair weather. The sky is red. In the morning, say it will be stormy today. The sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. The Bible says that Jesus is going to return. He came the first time over 2,000 years ago. He's going to return a second time, and he's going to return the first time as a tiny baby born in Bethlehem. I just read yesterday that the, the town of Bethlehem is removing any depiction of the nativity of the baby Jesus uh, to, to uh, uh, appease the Palestinians in Gaza. I'm not getting into the political side of this, but can I just say what a, what a tragedy? Because the reality is, is millions of visitors travel there to see the story and hear about the journey of Jesus coming to Bethlehem, and they're, and they're doing away with all of those things currently. The, the prophet Micah prophesied of his birth in Bethlehem in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. He says, but you... O Bethlehem Epaphra, he says, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. In the second coming of Jesus, he, can, he will come twice. His secret coming, which is the rapture, is coming up next. We talked about that. His public coming, though, after the tribulation. If the, in the rapture, Jesus will come for his bride. It's which says no one knows the day or the hour. We've looked at that. But only, he says, only those that are going to be ready, those that are ready to meet Christ, will be raptured or taken away uh, with Jesus when he comes, back, comes again. 
They said, today, we looked at that a couple weeks ago, Jesus is coming again. In the public coming, though, when Jesus returns along with his saints, the prophetic books gave the Jews a host of prophecies about his birth, his life, his death, and somehow the Jews completely missed the Messiah. They completely missed that Jesus came as the Savior, as the ransom for many. Everything pointed to the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. Similarly, today, we have signs that foretell the rapture, the public coming of Jesus. What are the signs that we are to be looking for? When will the rapture take place? Matthew chapter 24, we're going to be looking at many verses in this text uh, this morning. says, but concerning that day and hour, look at the screen. It says, a few people know, a few scholars know, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Wow. We talked about, I think Will said just a moment ago, nothing that happens in our life catches God by surprise. He is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows the day, the hour, the very second when he's going to call his son to take us home he says but no one knows not even the angels not even nor the son but the father only the bible clearly tells us no one knows that exact date god the father knows when the rapture is going to take place any attempt to predict that would be a futile effort on the part of a follower of jesus the Bible gives us definite signs regarding the second coming. And if we study the scriptures, we can see the fulfillment of many of those signs. And we'll, we'll know that the rapture is, is soon. And we've seen many of those over the last couple of Sundays. When, when I tell you that I believe that we're living in the last days, every single thing is pointing to the fact that Jesus' return is near. I'm excited. I'm anticipating it. I'm longing for it. I'm looking for the day when Jesus Christ returns. So what are the signs of the times? There are several spiritual signs. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 24. The Bible says that the church will be affected. We will see signs. And there will be false Christ. That are people that are claiming to be Christ. Let me just say, if someone says, hey, uh, I can tell you when Jesus is going to return, you need to just go ahead and delete their name out, all right? <laughs> just go ahead and uh, backspace a little bit, because if they think they know when Jesus is going to come, they're not God. And so there's no way. Uh, years ago, there was a book that came out, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Going to Return in 1988. They probably sold 88 million copies. I don't know. People write books because they want to make money. And it's all a gamut to try to draw people in. But folks, the reality is, is uh, my, I remember my dad talking about it. He was pastoring in 1988. He says, let me just tell you, uh, it didn't catch God by surprise, but... He probably isn't coming back in 1988 because some man who uh, was writing a book and trying to get it published and, and make millions of dollars told you he was going to come. There are lots of false Christs. There are lots of people saying that they are Jesus Christ. People that are leading cults, that are leading false doctrine, false teaching, and they're saying that they are. Uh, but he says, I am the Christ. Many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ. They will lead many astray. A quick study of history shows us that there's many people that have come saying that they are Christ, that they are the Son of God. Jesus tells us there are more signs of his coming. 
backsliders or people that are straying from the faith, that are walking away from the faith, people that once uh, said, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, many, uh, many singers and musicians grew up in the church and once said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And then somewhere along the way, they, they start to backslide. They start to turn their back on God. And, and Matthew chapter 24 says, and then many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. False prophets will arise and lead many astray. The become lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Today, many people have, that have come to Christ somehow are falling away from their faith. They're saying, you know what, I'm not sure I believe what I heard taught as a, as a young person. I believe that young people are going off to universities and they're going, hey, I want to get a good education. And they'll sit under the, the teaching of a professor who has so many degrees after their name. There's all these letters and, and things after their name. And they, they sit there and they're like, wow, the knowledge, the, the information that they're giving. But folks, it's completely contrary to God's word. And so, folks, moms and dads, when your kids go to school, I don't care if they go to a Christian school, if they're homeschooled, if they go to public school or private school, you need to know what they're learning in school. Over the last three or four years, parents are starting to wake up and say, you know what, maybe what's being taught is not exactly what we want them to be learning. And you need to have conversations around the dinner table. You need to look in and check in what parents, what kids are learning in school. And just because someone is a professional, because they have tenure and they can say anything they want to does not mean it's according to God's word. Just because a pastor is standing up and preaching does not mean that you ought to test and know that this is the word of God. This is coming straight from God's word. But as people are, are, are teaching various things, people are starting to stray from their faith. Well, I'm not sure I believe all of the miracles of the Bible. My dad went to a Christian college back in the day and he said, I remember professors getting up in a Christian college, Southern Baptist school saying, well, you know what? The miracles may not have happened exactly like you know, the Bible says, I mean, we can't take everything literally that Jesus crossed the Red Sea. It was probably the Reed Sea. And, you know, the, the difference is it was only about a foot deep. Well, that's an even bigger miracle because the entire Egyptian army drowned in a foot of water because you have a professor who doesn't have enough faith to trust God's word and say, you know what? When it says that they crossed the Red Sea, they crossed the Red Sea. God parted the waters. They walked across the on dry ground and as the Egyptian army is pursuing the Israelites he calls the waves to crash back over them and to kill them folks it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to trust God at his word and say I believe it exactly as the word of God teaches you see what happens is we're living in a day where people are saying you know I, they're deconstructing their faith and it's almost a, a fad it's kind of cool and there are even pastors who have stood in pulpits and preached the gospel for decades and they're walking away and saying, you know what, I don't think I believe that anymore. 
I, I believe there might be a God, but I'm not sure it's the God of the Bible. And you know what the damage that they're doing to the faith, the, the damage that they're doing to people who've sat under their teaching for generations and they're all of a sudden saying, I'm not sure I even believe that any longer. It, it, it's, it's a disgrace. But Jesus paid for our sins on, his, on the cross over 2,000 years ago. And folks, the God who can save us can also keep us safe, even when we lack the faith ourselves at times. But there's, there's backsliders. He says there'll be times of uh, false prophets that will come on the scene. Not all who claim themselves to be prophets are prophets. Can I get a witness this morning? Not everybody that says, well, you know what? I've written this book and let me, let me tell you about all of the things that are going to happen. There are books, I would say, stay as far away from that as possible because it's false teaching. It's false doctrine. It's written by false prophets. Lots of people have written books on the end times. Not all of them are lining up with scripture. And so be careful out there what you're reading. Then gospel expansion, believe it or not. The word of God is spreading today in rapid fashion. The gospel is, is taking new ground and people are being saved in record numbers despite what you're seeing about trends in America. Just because the, the church in America has fallen away, it does not mean that the gospel is not spreading. In fact, it's spreading more in places where persecution of the church is rampant. And they're having to do it in secret. And the underground church in many countries is thriving in, in Asia and in Europe and, and, and places where uh, communism has taken over. Uh, the gospel is spreading in those places. According to Wycliffe Bible translators, as of September, not 2019, but September 2023, when I was studying this out this week, it was said 3,656 languages had access to at least one book of the Bible. 1,200 languages have more than a book. And 1,658 languages have access to all of the New Testament in their native language. 736 languages have the complete Bible. More than at any other time in history. The gospel is growing with the internet, with TV, with radio, gospel-centered programs and teaching and preaching are reaching more people than at any other time in history. The underground church is spreading uh, in Arab countries, Muslim countries, communist nations like never before. It's exciting to see the church growing in some of the toughest parts of the world today. The gospel is thriving. What are the physical signs? What are some of the physical signs that Jesus returned is near? And physical signs are, are things that are happening here in the earth, things that are happening in the universe. The Bible says that there are physical signs that we can look at that will give indication that the return of Christ is near. We're seeing these signs right now in Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse 6. It says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed. All right. Pause there, church. He's, what he's saying, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be uh, fearful. He says, let's be faithful. He says, see that you're not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But these are but the beginning of the birth pains. How many of you have 
given birth. All right? These moms, grandmothers in the building. You ever... Some of those stories are kind of like the guy's fishing stories, all right? You start telling about how bad it was, and it just, every time you tell the story, it gets worse. My wife's going to be like, you need to shut up right now. This is the time to stop talking. But anyway, but it's kind of like that, that fish gets bigger and bigger every time you tell it. The, 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 the number of hours in labor triples at some point as you tell the story. And it, I'm, I'm playing it. Anyway, uh, my wife said, don't go up there and tell everybody people to punch Eve in the face. And I, but I was like, some of them, I've heard them at, at the hospital saying, I'm just telling you, I, I, I just want to punch her. But uh, there's wars and rumors of wars. Natural disasters, there are tsunamis, there are people afraid of what's happening in the world today. John likens these signs to childbirth pains before a lady gives birth to a baby. He says these are certain things, and we, we took the, the Lamaze class back in the day. Anybody else take those classes and they tell you how to breathe and how to pace yourself and, and get ready for that, that baby to be born and even to this day, I mean, our oldest is 21. Uh, I, I'm sitting here going, can we talk about, can we do those uh, uh, um, techniques? And, and it's like, relax your, relax your face, you know? And it's, you're, you're mentally thinking on how to relax and be calm and, and all of those things. That, but, you know, he says all these things are signs of the, the birth pains before the Lord is going to return. He says nations rising up against nations it's happening all around the globe today our military is fighting they're helping keep the peace uh nations like russia and ukraine are, are at war and they're they're getting into position right now uh, over in israel and providing support in that region of the world the word nation in verse 7 is the word ethnos it's referring to different ethnic groups this is exactly what's happening in Israel and Gaza. Every day we're hearing of more countries that are joining in, that, that are supporting the work uh, on, on either side. And, and it's a complete series of craziness that's happening. He says, all of this, take notice, church, are signs that the return of Jesus Christ is near. In Luke chapter 21, he says in verse 25, there will be signs in sun and moon and stars on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People feigning with fear, with foreboding of what is coming in the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. He says, now when these things begin to take place, church, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is doing what, church? Drawing near. Jesus is getting ready to come. It's happening soon. It's all coming soon. The Bible speaks of the roaring of the sea. Tsunamis around the world have brought distress on nations in perplexity. And because of the roaring of the seas and the waves, in 2007, I had the opportunity to travel to India for the very first time. And I saw the damage and devastation of what the, the, the um, tsunami there from, all, from the earthquake in Indonesia and, and the tsunamis that ensued from that. This is in Tamil Nadu, which is on the southern tip of mainland India. This is a picture as that tsunami wave begins to crash onshore there. 
and literally devastated that entire region of the world. Uh, um, and on December 26, 2004, nearly 230,000 people lost their lives as a result of that storm. And one of the deadliest storms in world history, our church had the privilege of helping rebuild wells in several villages across that part of southern India. And, and uh, it was awesome just to see as people were able to come to churches in these villages and get fresh water, but learn that Jesus is the living water and, and learn that Jesus is the only way to a right relationship with God. And famines, there's a shortage of food around the world and millions in Asia and Africa will go to bed hungry tonight because there's not enough food for them to eat. Earthquakes are more frequent and violent uh, that are hitting the earth in recent years. The one in Haiti in 2010 claimed 160,000 lives. One in Turkey and Syria in February of this year claimed nearly 60,000 lives. They're seeing seismic activity uh, worse than at any other time hitting uh, uh, all over the world. Uh, even in North Carolina in the last few years, uh, up near Sparta uh, in the mountains, there was one that hit uh, in 2020 and, and did damage to homes and businesses and, and roads. And, and folks, the reality is it's all pointing towards the fact that Jesus Christ is coming. There will also be intellectual signs Daniel tells us about that in Daniel chapter 4. He says that there's so much to say about end time events. He says in verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the end of time. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. He's talking about what the last days, what the end times will look like. Today, rapid transport is a reality. What we once Learned about from the Jetsons about the future uh, of transportation is now becoming a reality. I mean, seriously, they're talking about flying cars uh, hitting the market in, in just a short time. I mean, uh, our kids, their lunches are delivered to their school every day by drones. Right here in Holly Springs, all right? Uh, the, the drones come in and they bring these giant bags and sit their lunches down in front of the front door of their school. Folks, if you, uh, if you can have a passport and you can get a passport, you can fly to any corner of the world uh, that you possibly could want to right now and, and, and see places travel all that you want to. In fact, if you have a quarter of a million dollars, you can go to space. You can fly to space. I mean, we're living in a time where you can go anywhere that you possibly want to. Knowledge shall increase. Folks, if you think about what's happening with science and technology, the advancements that are taking place, robots are doing surgeries. I mean, mind-blowing. I mean, uh, uh, the things that is happening with AI is going to completely transform the world as we know it today. This is all happening in our lifetime. And we're watching it take place. Daniel said these type of things are going to uh, uh, be, a, uh, be the prelude to what Jesus, he's coming back soon. Fourthly, we'll experience a persecution of the church. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9 says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Have you noticed no other religion of the world is hated as much as Christianity. In fact, 
in most nations of the world, it's, Christianity is one of the only religions that you can possibly uh, discriminate against. And, and it's happening uh, in rapid form. But folks, in the United States, we don't understand what persecution of the church even looks like. Uh, but persecution is happening in China in India, in Muslim countries around the world. And so we, we look around and say, what's, what's happening? It's not a time to be afraid. It's an exciting time to think Jesus Christ could return at any moment. And so as we're seeing the persecution of the church, it's a time to, to pray for the peace of, of Jerusalem. But it's also a time to pray that the word of God would not return void, that people would be saved in record number, that folks would come to faith in Christ because it's part of the process of Jesus Christ soon return. Can I just encourage you this morning, that lost loved one, don't give up on them. As you're praying, if you see them over Thanksgiving, if you're going to travel or they're coming to your house this Thanksgiving, let me encourage you to pray. And, and, and share the good news of the gospel. Yesterday, I was at my, my son's um, wrestling match, a wrestling tournament. The, I got a phone call, and it was from a friend of mine who said, my uh, family member has been given a stage four cancer diagnosis and only has maybe a few days or, or weeks to live. She said, when, I've been sharing the gospel with her for years she said, but I don't know that she's ever come to that point where she's accepted Christ. And she said, I just sent her a bunch of verses from, from Romans on, on praying the sinner's prayer and giving her faith and her life to Jesus Christ. And she said, do you have any other verses you can share with me that I can give her? And so I, I shared a few other verses with her. And then I shared some verses on assurance in 1 John 5, verses 11 through 13. I said, you, she can have confidence in this life, that she knows for sure that she's on her way to heaven. If she places her faith and trust, believes in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. She, she messaged me about 30 minutes or an hour later. She said, my stepmother prayed and gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. Don't give up. My granddad got saved at 91 on his deathbed. My father-in-law passed away several years ago of cancer. Got saved right before he breathed his final, right before he passed away, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Folks, don't give up on that family member, that loved one that, that you have been praying for. Take opportunities this Christmas. They come to visit you. Say, hey, we're all going to church on Christmas. We're all going to church. You know what happens is when you say, hey, we're go we'll just stay home. You know, the family's all in town. We're just going to stay home. You know, it's just a lot. Are you kidding me? They're staying at your house. Ain't nobody staying home at my house. We're all getting up and saying, well, you don't, know my, you don't know my mom or my mother-in-law. Well, she needs Jesus. And you're thinking, oh, yes, she does. I mean, Then get the whole family up. Everybody's putting on your, your uh, Christmas outfit. And, and you're coming to church on Christmas. But pray that God would get a hold of their hearts. They would understand that Jesus Christ loves them and place their faith and trust in Christ. So what's the application, Pastor David? Nearly every sign given in scripture of the signs that will precede the rapture have taken place. Jesus is coming soon. He will come when God tells him it's the time to return. Believers living during the end times should not be fearful. 
Church, we should not be afraid as we're watching what's happening around our nation, what's happening around our city, what's happening around our world today. We should be afraid. He says God has ordered every detail. He's orchestrated it all according to his plans and according to his time. These signs should encourage us. He hasn't forgotten us. The word of God said he's preparing to take us home. He's preparing a home for those of us who know Christ as Savior. Let's be found faithful when Christ returns to take his church home. This is the time to step up our commitment. This is the time to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus. I wonder this morning, are you ready for his return? The word of God says he'll return in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. It will be suddenly, it will be unexpectedly. The word of God says he will come as a thief in the night. And folks, if you don't know him personally, let me urge you today, let me encourage you today to confess your sins and receive forgiveness of your sin right now. He alone can save your soul. He alone can redeem you from the hand of the enemy. He alone can prepare you for heaven. And I go back to a verse I shared at the very beginning in Matthew 24, verse 36. He says, but concerning the day or the hour, no one knows. I'll be honest, I'm thankful for that. Because if we did know he was coming on... May 31st, 2024, you know what we'd do? This is how our minds work. We're going to have a little Mardi Gras. We're going to have some party and we're going to live it up over Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. We're going to be traveling. We're quitting our jobs. We're going to spend all of our savings. Am I right? We're going to do all these things and by Easter, you know, it's the end of March this year. So if he's coming May 31st, we're going to be at church on Easter. Yep, we're going to be there. I mean, like clockwork, we're going to be at church. We're going to be sitting on the front row. We're going to have all of our friends and family and neighbors and all of those things. That At the last second, we're going to slide in under the radar. And we're going to get in there on that last train going to heaven. If we knew... Jesus was going to return on a certain day at a certain appointed time. We would do it our way. Am I right? Anybody else think that? The reality is that's, that's how so many people are living. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm saying that's human nature. Human nature is like, man, I won't procrastinate. I have a, a paper that's due before Christmas break, and I'm going to start working on it on December 19th at 10 p.m. Yeah. Anybody have kids in high school? They've got a project that's due before Christmas. 
Just go ahead and ask them because you're going to have to buy poster boards and, and styrofoam balls. You're going to be building a solar system. I mean, I'm just telling you how it's going to work. So we already have a supply of some of that mess at our house because it happens on the regular. Uh, there's boards that, that open out. The, you do science probably Go ahead and buy some at the Dollar Tree. They carry them right now. But when you're looking for them at 9.58 p.m., they're going to be sold out. That's how we live. But the reality is he said, Jesus is going to come when you're least expecting it. So what's he saying? The signs are everywhere. They're intellectual signs. They're earthly signs. They're physical signs. All of the signs are on the wall. And Jesus is saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. You better get ready. People get ready. The return of Jesus Christ is near. Church, we are living in that moment. We're watching everything unfold in real time. And yet people all around us are sitting back, kick back going, he's not coming until May 31st of 2024. And if we just kind of hang on, we can get in there in time for Easter. And I was grew up under preaching that Jesus could return before this service. Anybody else grow up like that? Before this service is over, you don't want to wait till May 30th to get saved. You want to get saved today because this may be the last moment, the last hour, the very last time you can accept Jesus Christ. He says, concerning the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angel of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. This week, I want to encourage you to read to the end of the chapter because it shouldn't make you fearful. It ought to cause us to live more faithfully. God, I want to be faithful when you come and return to take your bride home. I don't want to be out there living it up, partying, doing all the crazy stuff that I, that, you know, well, you know, I still got like six months past May 31st is a world away. We have plenty of time to get the note. I'm going to live as if Jesus could return before this very church service is over. And I want to be ready to meet my savior face to face. And I want to hear him say, well done. Thou what good and faithful servant. I want to hear him say, enter into the joy, into the presence Anybody else? Anybody with me? Because the reality is, is if we're living that way, it will radically transform the priorities of our life. Suddenly we'll start looking and saying, you know what? I don't think I'm going to wait till May 31st, 2020. Don't go back and tell anybody I said he was coming May 31st. I'm just making that up. The reality is no one knows. If we knew that we thought it was May 31st, man, we'd be spending money. Like, I mean, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy this and that, and I mean, we're going to spin, we're going to travel, we're going to do all, and those things are not bad, but I'm saying the reality is, is we would prioritize our life much differently if we truly believe he would come back soon. We should long for the soon coming Savior who is going to return at any moment. Holy Spirit, would you... Would you speak to our hearts this morning? Lord, those that have never made preparation 
for the soon return of our Lord and Savior? God, would you get a hold of their heart right now? Would you convict of sin? Lord, would you draw them to yourself in salvation? May this be that moment of decision, God, that those who've never placed their faith and trust on you for salvation, maybe they've been searching, maybe they've been seeking, maybe they've been looking at some of the signs they're wondering even now. Could the return of Christ be soon? The word of God is clear. It can happen at any moment. God, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Would you transform our lives? God, would you be glorified in all things this happens this morning? God, would you speak to hearts? And Lord, maybe some that are watching even online that have never given their heart and life to Jesus. Maybe some that are sitting in this building this morning that have never given their heart and life to Jesus. I pray you would show them and give them that desire to know you. God, would you convict them? Would you draw them to yourself even now? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I would never in a million years embarrass you or never point you out. But can I say, if you've never made preparation for heaven... The word of God says today is the day of salvation. There's no time like the present to get your heart right with Jesus Christ and prepare to meet him for all of eternity in in heaven. If you've never done that, I want to invite you in just a moment, right where you're seated, November 19th, 2023 can be the very moment that you place your faith and trust in Jesus for salvation. If you've never done that in a moment, I'm going to pray. If you desire to accept Jesus Christ as the only way to receive forgiveness of sin, this morning, right where you're seated, I would encourage you to pray right there at your seat. I can't even think of a a greater gift that you could ever receive than the gift of eternal life that's made possible through Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection from the cross. In a few moments, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper, but before we get to that point, maybe you've never received Christ. I would encourage you right now, right here in this room, right here online as you're tuning in, Would you pray and confess your sins to a holy God and turn from those sins to a Savior who has his arms spread open wide saying, welcome home, my child. Welcome home. If God is speaking to your heart, would you pray with me right now? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Would you just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I know that my sin is separating me from you. Lord, the best way I know how I I confess, I, I repent of my sin, I turn from my sin, 
I ask you to forgive me. I've asked you to come into my life and be my Lord and my, my Savior. God, I believe that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross. I believe that he was buried. I believe that he rose again the third day. Lord, I place my faith and trust in Jesus. I choose you. I trust in you. This morning, if you prayed that prayer, it is the single most important decision in your life. I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. And church, if, if that is... If you prayed this morning to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you. Hey, this is the beginning of a brand new relationship, a brand new journey with Jesus. No one else is looking around, every other eye is closed. But maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor David, just a moment ago when you prayed, right here, I prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. No one else is looking around. Would you just slip your hand up quietly and quickly? No one else will say, Pastor David, I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I would love for you to pray for me. Just very quickly, very quietly, slip that hand up. Say, Pastor David, as you prayed a moment ago, I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Thank you. Somebody say, Pastor David, I prayed to receive Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you in just a moment. The beauty... The Bible says that when a person places their faith and trust in Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. If God speak into your heart, Holy Spirit, I pray this morning those that have made decisions to trust you as Lord and Savior. God, would you work in their heart this morning?